beautiful friends and welcome back to the show. It is your host, Carrie Gillespie, and you're back with another episode of Candidly Speaking. I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Brianna Butler. Hello. 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 Thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy to be here as always. It's a lovely day to podcast. We are in Wisconsin, potting from Bree's house, and we actually had a really nice week of weather, and it was like 35 yesterday. I know, it was like a heat wave. I wanted to go swimming. I know, and you got your car washed, and a lot of the snow was melting, but then we're supposed to get more snow, aren't we, today? Well, I've heard reports of everything from 2 inches to 12 inches. Oh my god. So I'm really, really hoping that it's closer to the 2 inches, because I don't know where it's all going to go. And... You know, I've been seeing, though, that it's supposed to be warm, so I was hearing, like, freezing rain, which is bad, too. Yeah. So it's especially, worse. like, that's, why I, like, that's what's interesting about Wisconsin weather, and I say interesting because if I say anything else, I'll just start sobbing, like, horrible <laughs> about Wisconsin. I love Wisconsin, so I'm not going to say that, but, um, I mean, you just never know, like, what order this precipitation is going yeah. to come in, and it can be disastrous if it's, like, so, like, it's funny because everybody knows, like, the bad order, so it's, like, the snow with the ice on top is really uh, bad. Yep. The ice with the snow on, on top, top, a little bit better you can for driving yeah but then when it starts to melt then you're even in even worse condition and it's like there's all these like combinations that's that, so true weren't you telling me that there's like what language is it where there's like, like eskimos and there's like the, inuit would that be the language i mean i don't know but they have like a hundred different words for snow they have a lot of different i don't know if it, i was probably exaggerating but they have a lot of different words for snow so like fluffy snow is one word and like the pelting snow is a different word and i think that's really wise because when someone says like when when brett will say oh it's snowing outside i'll be like okay well what, what kind, kind? Of snow? Yeah. i need to know what shoes I need to wear. Do I need to wear like my grippy ones? Is it a little bit slick? Do I need to wear like my big like snow boots? Yep. Snow what shoes. Am I, what am I working with here? Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's so true. So we're gearing up. Hopefully it's not too bad, but we will have to see. So we're going to start the show with a bachelor recap because that's what we always like to start with. And it was a big week and I don't want to like... I don't want to be like a turd or anything, but we knew this was coming because we read the spoilers, so we knew this was coming. Yeah, we well, we knew the fence jump was coming because they advertised it all, advertised it, they promoted it, whatever, all season, and it it was like a big deal. They didn't. I don't think they falsely advertised it. No, I agree. Which I appreciate because there's nothing worse than like the ambulance scenes they always show, and then it's like someone slipped and fell, and that's the reason why the ambulance came. Yeah, and they're promoting it being a big deal. This actually was a big deal. Yeah, it did play out basically how they said it was going to and you could tell I think unless Chris Harrison's a way better actor than I give him credit for you could tell he was like genuinely shocked no I mean he dropped two f-bombs I've never heard him swear me neither so I no. so that's why I knew it was like a big deal because like Chris Harrison is dropping f-bombs always calm cool collected Chris and I know so I was like impressed by that and I think it legitimately was like a big deal and I think it legitimately is like Bachelor probably like top five maybe top yeah. three of like crazy things that have happened what did you think of their montage at the beginning where they did like all the bachelor breakdowns and i mean they ended with the fence jump i was like oh come on okay so i kind of felt like that like oh come on but at the same point in time like i love going back to yesteryear <laughs> that is fun yeah so part of me was like oh i remember when brooks left like i remember when i'm trying to think who else was on there when jake and vienna like i remember yeah, that, that stuff was awkward yeah like i remember all those so part of me was like oh like they're trying there's filler time or whatever but the other part of me was like oh my god yes like I remember that (laughs) yeah what do you think of like what Cassie kind of pulled what do you think what do you think of her dad showing up um well like they said it was a first yeah and see there are so many theories out there like there's there's one theory I read where 
they're basically saying that her family is in on in on it, and they're trying to all become famous. And oh my like, god, I haven't heard that. The dad was in on it, and that was why he took the time to fly there. But you know, honestly, I I don't think so. That seems ridiculous. I think it was just. I mean. You and I were live, um, live tweeting to or live texting to live each texting other. Texting. I say live tweeting um, about um, Papa Randolph. Yeah, and, like he was kind of the like voice of reason. He seems so genuine through all of it. Yeah, yeah, and, and she's 23. Like not to pull the oh I'm so old and wise card, but. She was acting 23. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I the whole of them trying to be famous thing, I really, like, find a problem with that. First of all, her sister is, like, semi-famous. Yeah. She's an actress. I think her name is Michelle Randolph. Yep. She's dating someone super famous, and she was at the Vanity Fair Oscar, Oscar yeah. party. Like, of her own, like, using her own skills. She's exactly. not riding bachelor coattails. Yeah, so her sister is, like, already, like, famous. So, like, what? I don't understand. The other thing is, too, like, she, Cassie mentioned that she went to this, like, super religious, I think she's pretty religious. Yeah. Her dad made a comment um, about marriage and it being second only to your commitment to God, mm-hmm. which I, I loved, and I know you loved because we're both Christ yeah. followers. But she also, so that spoke volumes to me that they're just, you know, have a strong faith in the Lord. But then the other thing is, too, she went, the college she went to was like some religious college. Yeah, and but, the, the reality show that she was on previously was a religious, was a religious show. Yeah, so yeah. I think, I don't, I mean, I don't know. So I think her family trying to be famous is like I think that is way out there (laughs) yeah I I didn't agree with it either I think he I think he was just concerned yeah and he obviously I I don't know maybe he didn't realize what the show was I feel like a lot of parents don't when their kids get into it and so then I mean obviously like a phone call isn't going to be okay I'm going to back up. You know the producers probably paid for his tickets. So. Oh, of course. He doesn't so, pay for his own. They they sent him out there. Right. And they're thinking probably, okay, it's going to be obviously better television if we can actually for see sure. the interaction versus a phone call. So as far as him like going all the way there and having this conversation with her, that's probably why. And that's fine. That's how the show works. But I think it was like a really good conversation. Yeah. I mean, it. it sure, she freaked out or whatever and, and left, but maybe that was a smart thing to do yeah. at this point because I think you do get so caught up. It was like a, a dose of the real world. Real world, yes. You get so caught up in the show that you forget that, hey, this is your real life after the cameras are off. Yeah. So. I think you were totally like 100% right. He was just kind of trying to like remind her how serious this was and I really do like her dad. I think he made some good points. I just, I don't think we're used to people being so logical, such logical thinkers in this show, you know? And even the parents are always like, oh, if they're happy, that's fine. He's been the first father that's really been like, I don't think this is like a good, I mean, there have been other fathers who haven't been crazy about it, but he was vocally like, no, like this is too fast. He was also the one that called Colton a guy. Yeah. like, you know, a guy, which I I mean, that kind of set the whole tone, but there were some people that were saying that, okay, well, she's 23. She's her own woman. Why is she listening to her daddy at this point? She's old enough to make her own decisions. But I don't think that's what he was doing. I he don't was, think so He was just, parents, if you have good parents, they should be giving you advice. And yeah. I mean, I remember when I met Brett, like, I, I wanted to know what my parents yeah. thought. Like, obviously, they're, they, these are people that you respect and that have been in a solid relationship. And, you know, if I guess my parents are still together and they've been together 30 years so I mean I really I wanted their opinion and I think Cassie's in kind of the same situation so I couldn't agree more I and I I think she's probably close with her dad and I'm I'm really close with my dad as well so I'm not 
I mean, and my my dad's a pretty open-minded person, and you know what I mean. So he looks at all areas of the spectrum. But if he smelt something wrong, yeah, um, I, I love would, your dad. I'm just gonna say that. I know. <laughs> your daddy's so cool. I'm biased, but he's great. So exactly, like I would want his not only his opinion, but I would want his approval. And then like, if he's bringing up stuff, and I can I can tell when my dad's like genuinely concerned for me. And if he's coming to me genuinely concerned, like yeah, that's gonna factor into what I'm thinking. He knows me better than like anyone. Yeah. He knows, I mean, Lord knows Papa Randolph knows his daughter better than Colton does, who she just, you know what I mean? That's that's the truth of it. Well, and I feel like Colton didn't handle it well, because he basically said, well, I don't really care what your dad says. I know! And I was like, oh boy. He was so like laissez-faire about it. He was like, yeah, your dad didn't didn't give me his blessing. And then he just like kept talking, and she's like, wait, wait, what? (laughs) I I don't think he realized, and the fact that he didn't realize how important that was to her, it's like, oh, dude. He was so just like, did, it didn't even phase him. And it's like, dude, like. I think you said, you texted me at one point. You were like, well, he's not thinking with his brain anymore. Yeah, he's not. He was, <laughs> and maybe he's just so into her that like nothing can detour him. He's so like love struck or whatever. But still, it's just like, dude, dude. Yeah, that, like, some on. of the things he said during that conversation, it was just so desperate. It's like, okay, if this is going to work long term. You need to talk through it now exactly how awkward is thanksgiving and christmas gonna be good point (laughs) let's talk about tasha's date because that kind of even got forgot about even because of what happened with Mm -hmm. cassie but i thought they made so many like sex references oh it was gross it's so annoying i'm so sick of the sex references we get it and even when um, they were having dinner and her, her shirt slipped open. Yeah. And they were, like, talking about her boobs. Or, like, first of all, I think that showed that there was some, it was, like, a normal conversation. But the fact that they aired it. Yeah. is like they were trying to, like, amp up this sexual tension. Yeah. It came off really just gaudy. Gaudy, yeah. And just, like, crass kind of. I don't know. It just came off really, like... I don't know. Well, and I'd always liked Tasha for the most part, but I, I really, on that date, I, she just seemed so, like, immature about the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, and I was, it didn't really fit with her, how they had painted her so far. Yeah. I do, so. for the most part, like her, but, um, and I think also, too, what he, his interview, his ITM, and then after they didn't have sex or whatever, like, you could just tell the next day talking to his ITM, he liked her, he likes her, but... Not enough, I guess. Yeah. I, you know? And I kind of feel like she was distancing herself, too. Like, yeah. My cat is You can hear it. That's our her. background music. That's Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Charlie. He's always got to make an appearance. Duh. I feel like um, the, the body language had changed a yeah. lot. Yeah. And you could tell, like, like, she... I don't... I mean... I always think of, like, Juan Pablo and Andy, how oh the next God. morning she was like, uh, thank you, next. That's and, another really famous breakup. Yeah, and it was similar to that because, I mean, obviously on a much smaller scale, but you could tell that Tasha was kind of like, oh, this guy's kind of immature, not yeah. my type, or that didn't go how I expected. And once and she did say that she liked to see, like, the real Colton, and she yeah. did like that, but you could tell, like, it, the sincerity just wasn't there. Yeah, I agree, and I don't know if she seemed more worried. I don't know. The next day, you're right. Something about her body language and her interviews. She'll be fine, though. She, I think she'll show up on Paradise, and yeah. I think guys will love her. She's mm-hmm. got a great smile, great personality. Diggy from, oh, what season was he on? I don't remember. Diggy he Moreland? Was, he was already, like, tweeting about her. Really? Like, oh, can I slip into her DM? Yeah. Yeah, so, she'll be fine. Yeah, she'll be fine. She'll be totally She's fine. smart. What else? I'm trying to think of what else happened in that episode. Um, oh, well, let's talk about Women Tell All. Yeah. So First of all, 
I want to mention Hannah G, because, like, what do you think oh, she's yeah. thinking right now? Well, I think at this point, where the show left off, she doesn't know what's going on. And I think what's going to end up happening is that she is... He's got to tell both girls. Right? You know what I mean? It's like, great TV. And to be honest with you, in this, this isn't in the spoilers, thing. so I don't know how... I know, right? <laughs> this isn't in the spoilers, so I genuinely don't know how he's going to handle mm-hmm. it. I mean, I know what the end result is, but I don't know how they're going to get there. Yeah. Which is why I like reading the spoilers. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so yeah. I genuinely don't know how he's going to tell them, but I think that he needs to go to both of the girls and tell them what happened and just be like... <laughs> I said all this on camera, like, I'm just, I just have more feelings for Cassie, and it's not fair. Mm -hmm. You can't take it back at this point. I was going to say, I can't imagine him, like, being like, well, I I told Cassie that she was the only one for me, but Hannah G, like, let's try this out. You're okay. Yeah. (laughs) You're a close second. Yeah, I could run her up. (laughs) You know, like, I can't imagine him doing that. Yeah, I would hope not. And I can't, I, I can't imagine him not coming clean with, I can't imagine him not being transparent about what happened. Yeah. He's so bad at having those honest conversations. He's so though. bad. <laughs> so it'll be really, it'll be really interesting to see. But. And going off of that, in the women tell all, he's so bad at like explaining things to these mm-hmm. women. So like Kaylin asked him, "What happened? What happened?" And yeah. he literally just walked, talked in circles. Mm-hmm. And she even like put Maybe her hands. In, I know. <laughs> she even like put her hands in the air as to be like. Cause she asked him, she's like, when did, like, when did you know? And he kind of talked in circles and talked in circles about how special their relationship mm-hmm. was, but he didn't give her an, and she like kind of put her hands up in the air, but then like didn't say anything. And, but he does that like with everything when he's dumped every girl, he's literally like had nothing to say. Yeah. It's like, it dude, make something up. Yeah. Too on paradise. Oh yeah. Like this was his like MO, I guess. Yeah. He's just like, he, I, I don't know, come up with something or go talk to your producer and ask your producer. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's what they're there for. I know. Be like, I need to break up with this girl. Like help me, d- like help me explain to her why she's not the one. Yeah. But he can't do that. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I, I thought, um, like along those same lines back, sorry, I keep jumping back to the Cassie thing, but I thought it was interesting how they showed her talking to her producer. Yeah. Like, Oh, I don't know what to do. Like they have these built in relationship counselors like, yeah. right on the show. And the fact that they still can't make it work makes it seem like, okay, well, the producers aren't really there for the people then. They're there for the show. Which and the drama. I mean, yeah, but anyway. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen the show, we've talked about this on Hulu Unreal. It's a really good depiction of The Bachelor and what goes on. And uh, the characters that they portray in there are pretty accurate. Um, the one guy is basically Mike Fleiss. Yeah. Um, and he's Ugh. kind of a slime ball. Ugh, and then the woman producer there, and then the other producer that's, like, below her is, like, you know, there was a references to, like, Elon Gale, mm-hmm. and it's pretty accurate from the books. Bree and I have both read Bachelor books, because we just, like, love the love understanding the culture of it, and as journalists, I feel like we're just really, we find it really interesting, the culture that, yes. you know what I mean, and how, like, it's the almost like... The sociology of yes. it. Yes. Yeah. So we, like, really, we, like, really are interested in that, and I think it's a pretty accurate depiction, so... Yeah. Check it out, Unreal. It's on Hulu. So yeah. I keep getting you off tracks. So. I know, no, that's okay. <laughs> There's so much to talk about because they had two episodes in one week. I know. They gotta quit doing this to me. I know. So the other thing about the women tell all I want to talk about is that this seemed like the most catty yes. version of the women tell all ever. And they it talked over each other constantly. so badly. Like I just said to you. No, that's okay. <laughs> but so I mean, I understand there's gonna be beef to air, but 
they these there were a lot there were a couple of situations where there were beef between different women where whether it was Anyeka and Nicole or then she it came was with a pacifier who was the girl that came Courtney, with Courtney and Demi Ugh. and then there was the whole Katie versus Kaylin so like I just felt like there was a lot of and that's kind of been a theme of this season like girl against girl and yeah. some of it was really I thought when Courtney put her hands on Demi I thought that was really inappropriate with the pacifier yeah. I think that's crossing the line and even she, on she stuck it in her mouth I know that's really uncalled for did you see that Brett was telling me that Demi had tweeted her Instagram something afterwards where she had gotten a cold and she was blaming, yes. blaming the pacifier <laughs> yeah so I guess from from a TV standpoint it was really entertaining but from as like a woman standpoint it was really uh, um, like disheartening at mm-hmm. times what do you think I agree. And it was just like, I felt like the whole episode was just really out of control. Yeah. I feel Even like, Chris. Yeah. He did not have control of the no. at all. And normally he's kind of able to navigate that, but they were just like, blah, 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 over each other. And you couldn't understand anything that was going on. It was like watching Jerry Springer for two hours. It, uh, I hated it. Yeah. I really didn't like that one at all. Yeah. I also thought the random insertion of Halo Top, the sponsorship, yeah. was kind of weird. Can, weird. I mean, you can tell it was a sponsored spot, but I don't know why they brought Nicole up on the couch. I I thought the same thing. Like, they're talking about how she was always crying, but I feel like they didn't really show that, that much narrative either. No. And, um, they, they've done, we've talked about this before, like how they've been showing bonus scenes online. And I, I don't know that that's working because I feel like there's no way to see all of it. And maybe it was some of that stuff because I know I haven't watched all of it. Yeah, I don't know, but I thought it was out of the blue. Yeah, that was wasted time. I didn't. I don't need to hear from Nicole. She was not enough of a like figure. My only thought is, it's like I think I forget who tweeted. I think it was Reality Steve saying that. Oh, here's their Paradise audition. Yeah. So maybe they're thinking about her for Paradise, and they're like, hey, we need the audience to know her. That's the only thing I could think of. I just think they needed a way to insert like Halo Top was obviously a paid sponsorship, and you know they needed like 30 seconds of airtime or whatever Mm -hmm. they paid for that and they needed some way to give it to her but I just thought it was so weird I was like this is just this is weird I understand that's their demographic but it was just like I just didn't think it was that well done I don't know with women's all I always enjoy watching the audience reactions yeah do you do that where like yeah and they're like people make the most dramatic faces I know. and I just think it's so funny like, do they give them all wine ahead of time or like how do they get so into it yeah. I just think it's funny I think these people are, we should do that someday go to LA for one of these yeah seriously oh my gosh let's do it we should I want to pull up a tweet from Demi about Reality Steve because I thought it was spot on oh yeah so they you, I, yeah give us a background yeah so Reality Steve basically uh, called out Demi during the okay and here's let's back up let's talk about Reality Steve a little bit we love what the guy does yeah as a person, though, and he's like the sketchy. personality, yeah, he's just kind of like, eh. and I don't know if he—he he was very condescending towards Demi, uh, basically saying that you're trying too hard, and because uh, like on the show, obviously she on Women Tell All, she spoke a lot and she had a lot to say. She's a loud person, yeah, she's, and I love Demi because. While she's not somebody I would probably be friends with, she owns who she is. Yeah. And I love that. And do you have the tweet now? Yeah, yeah I do. So I, I do agree. Demi has a loud personality, but I do think, much like Jordan Kimball, I think she's 100% like herself. Yeah. And she just owns it. And that's why I don't dislike Jordan. I don't know that I'd be, like, best friends with him, but, like, I can appreciate someone who is just themselves in all their weirdness. Yeah. And that's kind of her. So um, Reality Steve tweeted, Demi, you're trying too hard still. Just stop. Hey. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, gosh. And Demi tweeted back, 
Says the man who spends his life talking constant shit about girls he has never met. Your career revolves around trying the hardest to serve the tea that you heard secondhand, which I think is an awesome burn. Burn. Burn, <laughs> burn, burn. burn. Ouch. <laughs> so she laid down the burn, and then Reality Steve responded by saying, thank you for proving my point, sweetie, which I thought was really, like, patronizing to her to call her sweetie. Really condescending. Really condescending. Mm-hmm. And so I did not like his response at all. And you and I were both talking. It's like, he should have just taken the L mm-hmm. and been like, like, I can give someone credit for burning me. Like, he, yeah. sh- <laughs> he should have just given her credit for burning him and, like, not responded. Yeah. But there were a lot of people who responded and were just like, Steve, like, not a good look for you. Like, oh, sweetie? Yeah. Really? So oh. it was... I don't know. 2019, dude. You can't stop it. Yeah, just stop it. Please don't do that. So we're going to chalk that one up as a W for Demi. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Better luck next time, Steve. And I have a feeling she's going to show up again on Paradise. There's Uh, no way she's not, right? 100%. I look forward to that. So should we talk about the next Bachelorette? But maybe we shouldn't because I don't know if it's been officially announced. It's not been officially announced. It's kind of funny because I saw Mike Fleiss had tweeted, oh, we're going to announce it soon in the comments where, uh, dude, everybody knows. Everybody knows. He's saying dude today. I don't know why. (laughs) Um, But yeah, basically everybody knows. Maybe maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should hold on that one. Okay, so we'll hold off, but there has been speculation and there has been some filming that's done. I mean, it can change at the last minute. Ari's season was supposed to be Luke Pell, I think. Yeah. And And then that changed literally. Kayla, um, I don't remember her last name. Kayla Quinn. Quinn, yes. She was basically, she had filmed her intro and everything. And then I forget who ended up doing it. Is that JoJo? Was it? Or Caitlin Bristow? Or was it Caitlin? I no, Caitlin know. was the one with Britt. Oh, yeah, you're right. Them. I don't know. I, I don't know either. They all blend together after a while. I know, they really do. But So it can change. Um, I think the one with Ari changed like 48 hours before yeah. he was like set to go on Good Morning America mm-hmm. to announce it. So it can change. I mean, we just don't know. But So we're going to hold off on that. But as soon as they announce that, we'll have thoughts about it. Yes. We have lots all of thoughts. All thoughts about it. And we'll be back next week with our Bachelor recap. We might have to do a long recap. And we would like to Brett on. Oh, yeah. Brianna's husband, because mm-hmm. Brett and I were talking about the tea in the office, mm-hmm. and I was like, Brett, you have really good insight. You need to be on next week. And he's like, sure, whatever. Like, he's gets so into it. Like, <laughs> it was funny. He's so funny when we watch the show. He's, he's so good. He watches the show with me. And at first, I thought he was probably just indulging me, but now I can tell he really He's so into it. it. He specifically came to my little <laughs> office space, and he walked by, and I was like, do you need help with something? And he's like, no, I just want to talk about the past. <laughs> and I'm like, Brett, really? <laughs> it was funny. So we chatted about it for a while. So something else I really want to talk about, because this, I heard this week, and it really, I don't want to say it bought, annoyed me. I don't know what the word is, but it struck a chord with me, and I sent a tweet out the other day, and I figured it would just be something cool that we could talk about, and I'd love to hear your opinion. Yeah. So you, you okay, when you tweeted this, I hadn't heard about it yet. Oh, really? Um, we're talking about Kylie Jenner. Yeah. I guess set the stage. Um, being a self self made. She was unquote. she was named, I think by Forbes, the youngest at twenty one, the youngest self made billionaire. And it was funny because when I read your tweet first and then I read the article and then I was like, oh, you're spot on. Yeah. So you said um, self-made is kind of a stretch, I think is what you said. I can pull it up. She was basically born on yeah. third base. So there's this old baseball. It was the perfect analogy. I was so proud of myself. But there's this old baseball quote about like... 
um, someone being uh, born on third base and thinking that they hit a triple. So like people thinking that they did something really cool, but it's like, dude, it was basically handed to you. I love that. I had never heard that before. Yeah, so I thought that was brilliant. So I used that. So I got the, I quoted the Forbes um, tweet and I said, I'm not sure if self-made is the right term. She was born on third base, people. Let's not act like she hit a triple. <laughs> and the baseball reference. And the baseball reference. So yeah. <laughs> so... Part of me, and I told Bree this the next day, she told me that she agreed with and liked my tweet, and I told her that part of it was hard for me to write because I, I, I'm really big on not tearing other women down. So part of me felt like I was tearing her down, but part of me also feels like that I, I'm right and I have a, a right to like say what I want, and I do respect her for what she's done. Oh, definitely. I, I really do, and I do think that she's been able to take uh, what she had already and definitely multiply it. And in terms of business, I think she is the best Kardashian and Jenner in terms of business, but I just think it's really hard to put her in that self-made category. I I agree, and I mean, there will be people who say, well, you know, any child born to somebody that's wealthy that, I mean, obviously not all of them become billionaires, so clearly there's, she works hard, she's a smart manager, she owns her brand, like, she controls it or whatever, Um, but self-made, I mean, when I think self-made, I think my, like, grandpa, who had eighth grade education, started his own business, and is now retired and successful. That's what I think of when I think self-made. Or even, like, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Who was a college dropout. Yeah. There's so... I think that word being used in that context... And and it's not her fault that word was thrown there, so that's why I don't think you're attacking her at all. I think... I think who... Like, Forbes, obviously, kind of is a little bit misguided with the use of that word or that phrase, but obviously it's a headline grabber and um since you since i um after i looked it up after i saw your tweet there are other articles basically calling out the self-made term so clearly like it's a conversation starter so good on forbes for getting people talking about it congrats to kylie that's amazing yeah um self-made personally I don't think so yeah and I don't want to tear her down I think she has done really great stuff but I I just really think it's hard to group her into that she was already had a you know basically like my tweet said she started out like you know on the way there she definitely made it into something more but I don't know so we just wanted to share those thoughts and we would love to hear your guys thoughts about it too so especially that one because it's very open to interpretation yeah are we being mean or are we right are we being realistic yeah, should there be like what should be the criteria for self-made or, yeah. or whatever? We should we should have looked up the dictionary definition. I know yeah, I we should have, or the, it'd probably be an urban dictionary. Yeah, you know, an urban dictionary type should of thing. Should we see? Yeah, let's look it up. We're gonna look up the urban dictionary definition of self-made and see what kind of criteria it goes off. Oh, of. so I type in self-made and, and Kylie comes Jenner comes up. up. So. Uh, made by oneself or having become successful or rich by one's own efforts. Mm. But then I, it's, it's such an arbitrary thing, though. Like, what is rich then? Yeah. You know, I'm getting all philosophical. But. No, I, I totally agree. I just I just don't think it... Oh, okay. So Urban Dictionary says self-made is when someone who acquires their wealth slash success on their own and do not inherit or win it. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. So by that definition, she does not qualify. Yes. Because she... Thank you, Urban Dictionary. Thank you, Urban Dictionary. So there you have it. So we would love to hear your thoughts, though, and just hear what you guys think of it. And speaking um, of successful women... Yeah, I know. I feel like I need to work Taylor Swift into every single podcast Stop I it. do with you. You're fired. <laughs> 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 
Um, so this one is kind of interesting, and Bree and I were just talking about how weird this must be. But so we saw in the news the other day that Taylor Swift, who this guy has been an alleged stalker of her, of hers, like charges and everything. Ugh. He tried once again to break into her Manhattan apartment. He just got out of jail. He just got out of jail. So he was like, he was in jail for stalking her. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's my cat destroying my home. <laughs> Disregard. He's like, what? I didn't do it. What? Look at he's confused. Yeah, he's just. No, he's proud of it. He's going around meowing. He's, proud of it. he's just not getting enough attention. He's like, you're over here talking. Please talk about me. You don't pay any attention. T Swift, who? <laughs> Taylor Swift like cats. I know, that's cat, true. So. She's a cat person. There. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah. But this is just so like sad and weird and like how uncomfortable for her. I can't imagine being like I always think that, like, if you're in the spotlight that much. I, I feel worried about people breaking into my home, and I'm nobody. Yeah. Like, I mean, not nobody, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And compared not to Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Yeah. yeah. And, like, she said in a recent article she wrote, like, the there are so many, like, tabloids and websites that publish where her homes are. Yeah. And it's, like, common knowledge where she lives. Yeah. So like, she, it wouldn't be that hard to find her address online. I would feel so scared all the time and think about, like, how much, yeah, obviously she has money, but... I would think that a significant chunk of that goes towards security. security. So it's kind of like, oh, it's just sick. And it's this guy and uh, he's creepy looking. But I mean, why? uh, I don't know what gets into some people's heads. Like, why would somebody want to spend their life stalking up? another like a woman I yeah don't know, the whole thing it's is, just ugh. so weird and we were, we just can't imagine what it would be like we were just like but i i know so you mentioned security like i know we were talking about the kardashians they travel with security all the time it's and the, yeah and they like have to they can't go anywhere and i'm sure taylor does too because yeah. there are people out there that are just so obsessed with these people that their safety is at risk yeah she was saying too in the same article that she carries like military grade bandages and yeah stuff so that like if some tragedy were to happen that oh my god uh, that's her cat again destroying more of my home that's so oh, funny oh gosh okay next time he's getting locked downstairs uh, but um <laughs> brett's, brett's here to save the day <laughs> he's the disciplinary dun, 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 dun. and now charlie is being reprimanded uh, <laughs> he's getting all his toys taken away from him yeah okay sorry sorry everybody um I don't know, I forget what I was saying. Um, but just having that kind of security with you all the time, that's like a necessity. They can't go anywhere without it. And like within reason, because these these people like love, like this person obviously loves Taylor so much, but he like cannot draw a line. He cannot like. It's obviously got some mental. Exactly. <laughs> Gosh, Brett. Oh, Charlie's getting carried. There you go. Getting okay, carried out. Okay. But. Yeah, um, I mean, I love Taylor stuff too, but yeah. I would never, uh, yeah, there's something it's wrong. It's just there. so creepy. But here's, what's, here's what really creeps me out, I think, is that this guy was incarcerated for stalking her and breaking into her home. Oh my God. Was released, and then just a few weeks later does it again. Yeah, he needs to be. So clearly, like, our legal system is failing her. Yeah, and he needs to, like, 
I think you're right. He needs to go to like some be evaluated mentally and yeah. and see what's wrong there. But I just feel for her because that's gotta be terrifying. I know. I can't imagine. But Bree sent me this really awesome article that Taylor wrote, <laughs> and I'll put a link to it in the show notes because it it really was cool. I woke up to the link. Bree sent it to me overnight. I go to bed at like nine, so Bree texts me at like nine thirty, and I of course I'm asleep, so I don't get it till the morning. But I read it the next morning, and it really was great. And I think it was very Taylor-esque the way she yeah. So she wrote it. It's basically thirty lessons that she's learned. And she turns 30 this year. So. Which is crazy. I know. That makes me feel old because I've always, and I've talked about this, how I, always, I love her music because it always kind of speaks to me yeah. at the point of life I'm in. But she basically has these 30 lessons that she's learned in. What I found really interesting, and the reason I sent it to you is not just to convert you even further. She is trying. <laughs> She's trying so hard. But because a lot of the stuff that she talks about, we've talked about. Yeah, yeah. Either on the show or just you and I chatting in a squad car, that's a long story. Yeah. <laughs> we what were is, not arrested. We were not arrested, yeah. What is, we were um, doing a shoot. We were doing clarify. a shoot. We weren't arrested, but we were in the back of the squad car. So <laughs> don't start rumors, Well, I was friends. in the back. You were a shotgun. That's true. Yeah. So do you have any that are, you want to point out that yeah. really spoke to you? Let's hear them. So, okay, this is really crazy. So we just talked about this on the podcast, like I think it was last week. And so this is lesson 30. And she says, my mom always tells me that when I was a little kid, she never had to punish me for misbehaving because I would punish myself even worse. And that is so me. Like we've talked about that. And basically she says, um, she goes on to say, I'd lock myself in a room in my room and couldn't forgive myself as a five-year-old. I realize that I do the same thing now when I feel I've made a mistake, whether it's self-imposed, exile, or silencing myself and isolating. Also me. Yeah. And I've come to a realization that I need to be able to forgive myself for making the wrong choice, trusting the wrong person, or figuratively falling on my face in front of everyone. Step into the daylight and let it go. I love that. I'm going to print that and frame that. Yeah, I love it. You know, one of the other ones, I don't have it... I don't have it like screenshotted or anything, so I can't read it verbatim. But she talked about like being able to laugh at your haters. Yeah. And she mentioned the snake thing. Yeah. How, how she someone, named it Karen. Well, someone called her a snake or whatever. I don't know if that was a Kim and Kanye reference, but then she had this blow up snake that she took with her on the reputation tour, and she would bring it out on stage. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it was my like little way of just like telling you know these people who said that about me like I don't care and like I'm gonna do me and you can say that but like it's not gonna affect me and I loved that I thought that she didn't call anybody out I know you're right she's just like speculation so. yeah um the other one I really liked is number four where she said I learned to stop hating every ounce of fat on my body yeah that is something that every woman can relate to yeah so. or hating x part of your body or yeah because everyone has that spot their arms their legs their mm-hmm. nose their whatever it is where they're just like so insecure about it and it's hard yeah and she talks about how she works hard every day to accept her own body and it's there's no quick fix it's just it's the lifelong struggle but I think as women and especially like for her in the spotlight all the time it's got to be so hard. Yeah. So. And the scrutiny that she faces. She's a very wise woman, so definitely check out that article. I also feel like, too, these um, red carpets and stuff. So when I get a picture taken, when I take a picture, like, I know how to stand so my angles look good. You need to teach me how to do that. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'll try. <laughs> but, like, so these red carpet things or whatever, they're taking pictures of her at every angle. Mm-hmm. So I would look at some of those pictures, and I would be like, oh, I look great in this one. Then I'd look at the next one and be like, oh, my gosh, this angle makes me look X, Y. You know what I mean? And it's the exact same dress, the same night, the same dress, the same everything. But that specific angle makes me hate this about my body and makes me be like, you are this or that. And then the next picture, it's like, wow, I look great. It's like, but you know, 
I don't know, separating that stuff in your brain and being able to filter that out, like, mm-hmm. it's got to be, that would just be so hard for me. Yeah, it would take up so much, so much energy, I feel yeah. like, for me, too. She also recently revealed that her mom is going through, uh, yeah. has cancer again, and one of her things in her 30 list of things she's learned was that there are real problems and then there's everything else and she talked about how her mom having cancer and uh you know her loved ones and their health like that's a real problem and everything else is just like noise basically yeah and that you know all those other little problems are oh just my gosh. <laughs> cat's guys the back. cat's back again Brought... hey, bud. do you want some coffee he would probably drink that coffee actually Brianna, I'm drinking coffee, by the way. I just want to set the, the tone for everyone. I, we're at Brianna's house, and I'm drinking coffee from a mug that says, fuck off, I'm reading, with a book on it. <laughs> Brianna knows me. Shout out to Steph, who got me that amazing mug. We love you, Steph. Steph used to work at the office. <laughs> we miss oh. you. Oh, gosh, Charlie. See, we need to make this like a video podcast. I know. Then people could see how annoying my children are. No, no, of course not. What's next on our list to talk about? Oh, we were going to talk about... So, we're not sure if we're going to be doing an episode next week because I'm going to be out of town. We might do a cross-long-distance one. Um, but I'm going to be out of town visiting my husband in Arizona. And Woo-hoo! I know, right? I'm leaving on Tuesday. I'm going to be there till the 18th, so I'm spending almost a week there. Warm weather, please. Oh, that'll be nice. I know. And so most of you probably know, but if you're new here, my husband plays professional baseball for the Chicago White Sox. And um, so this is the first year I haven't moved down there for spring training. In past years, I've always moved down there and relocated, taken our dogs with us. And I just kind of decided not to do that this year. I didn't feel aligned with it. I just felt like it, I didn't feel like it was something I should do. So um, I'm staying in Wisconsin. I'm working at the TV station with Bree. And then I'm also just spending some time with my family and just not moving I mean typically we move three times a year I don't know how you do that I don't know either and I I don't want to sound not grateful because I'm so grateful for everything baseball has given us and the friendships and the experiences it's given us but it it is exhausting and because we have two dogs one who's special needs blind and so it it does make it hard and I was just like I really felt called to like not do that this year um so we will we'll have to see but I'm going to see him and it was so funny because I was telling Brianna the other day that I haven't seen it's been almost a month since mm-hmm. I've seen Casey and I'm like and I asked her I'm like could you imagine not seeing Brett for a month and she was like oh my god no <laughs> I couldn't do it have you ever you what's the longest you've gone without seeing him oh gosh since we got together I think the longest is two nights oh my god two nights and even like so that's pretty typical so even during the season so when I do live with him during the season like we live together in Charlotte um like their road trips are like 10 days 7 to 10 days Mm -hmm. so even during the season when we're living together I often go 10 days without seeing him wow yeah so and most people like have never gone that long and here I am going a month we've gone longer than a month without seeing each other um we've gone two months I mean it just kind of depends and it's like, <laughs> I mean, obviously we'd rather see each other, but like we are, we talked in a previous episode about Bryce Harper who signed for $300 million. Casey does not make $300 million. <laughs> so he's not at that level yet for sure. So it's not always like in the cards for us to afford for me to like go down there, yeah. um, you know, every other weekend or whatever. And so, and I have the opportunity to work here and make some money. So it's yeah, like, we're so it, glad to have you here. I've loved it. It's just, it's hard. Sometimes you have to weigh those options and, being a part is definitely hard because the other thing too is our schedules can be really opposite 
So during the season, I'm a, I like to go to bed early. As I told you guys, I'm in bed by like 9.30, 9. And games start at 7 during the season usually, unless they have a day game, which is rare. So And they usually go three hours or so, so 7, 8, 9, 10. And then he's got like an hour or so in post-game stuff, getting ready, like showering, eating. And so I'm in bed by the time he gets done. And then he sleeps in later because, and I'm up by like 6. So yeah. our schedules can be really opposite. Um, so even just communicating when we're not together can be tough. How do you make it work? Tough. It's hard. <laughs> we try and um, be honest with each other about like what we need. So like um, sometimes like I just really, if I'm having a down day or really missing him, like I'll just be like, I really wanted to see your face. So we'll make sure that we FaceTime. Oh, good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so we'll just be honest about that. And I'll just say, yeah, like I haven't seen your face for a day or so. Like, can we just FaceTime instead of call? Otherwise, um, I try and call him on my way to work. Oh, okay. Um, which doesn't always work. He tries to call me when he leaves the field, but like just hearing his voice. And I think sometimes texting is so convenient, but sometimes it'll, or I'll just call him to say goodnight. And yeah. just hearing his voice and saying goodnight does help. Um, so stuff like that makes like a big difference for me. The other thing I really try and do, I feel like I'm talking so much about myself. No, that's good. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm really curious. Yeah. Like, I, like you said, I couldn't imagine doing it. And I, I think if you probably, people probably wonder, but don't. It's a personal question, I, know. I guess. Yeah. So I felt comfortable asking you because yeah. obviously I know you, but. Yeah. So it. what is the other thing that I do? Um, I don't know. I try and really like tell him about my day so that he can like imagine that he was almost there with me or whatever. Okay. So I'll tell him about really stupid shit. Um, <laughs> but it just like helps That's him. That's marriage. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. But it just helps. I feel like it helps him to feel like he's like still a part of my life from afar. Does he watch any of your shows or listen yeah, so to the podcast? He'll or? listen to the podcast. He'll watch the Hi, shows. Casey. Hi, Casey. I love you. Um, but just telling him about our days and what we're doing and I'll tell him about dumb stuff that probably Probably doesn't matter but it just helps paint a picture for him and help him feel like he's there and you know stuff like that I don't know I don't That's know good. those are my yeah. tips I guess that kind of I, I don't want to rush you from no. that subject, but that like kind of leads into our what love we languages. Do, our love languages, because that was that's been something that um, I've been learning lately. Yeah. And so I mean, let's give a background on love languages, and then yeah. you can tell me maybe how that works into. Yeah. So this is our learning lately segment, and we're talking about love languages because Bree and I have kind of been talking about this lately, and it does lead into this conversation about Casey for sure. Um, if you haven't read um, the love, the five love love languages, it's a book. Gary Chapman. Gary Chapman. It's a really good book. So, and it's not long. It's easy. Whatever. Everyone should read it if you're in a relationship or if you're looking to get in a relationship, just yeah. so you know. Or even just go to his website. It's just the number five lovelanguages.com. There's a quiz on there. You take the quiz. It basically asks you questions like, um, you know, what what would you enjoy more, getting a gift or spending time with someone? Yeah. And all these kind of repetitive questions. But basically, what it what it's getting down to is identifying which of five love languages you like respond to the most. So. Yeah. And those are so the five love languages are words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. So, and you can be a combination. Of yeah, that, you can. Most usually, people have two. Yeah, usually there's two like prominent ones, and um, yeah. I'll yeah, what are you? <laughs> I see. I am acts of service. Okay. So um, it, it's funny because I I learned about the love languages 
when I took a psychology course in college. Ooh. And so I took the quiz back then. I wasn't in a relationship at the time, but I was just kind of curious. And it doesn't just reply, apply to romantic relationships. Yeah, friendships. It's friendships. It's, you know, family. Um, and it's really cool because Gary Chapman actually sends out a weekly email, like, telling you, like, different tips for each of your love languages. And I didn't know that. You can do. do you get it? Yeah, I do. Oh. I'll send it to you. But basically, I am acts of service, which means that... Let's let's use the example of my husband. My husband could tell me he loves me all day long. That's great. I mean, I like hearing that. But what really shows me that he loves me is if he does an act of service. And that's something like, if I come home and he started the laundry, like, that makes me feel loved. Yeah. And I feel like kind of a bee saying that. No. But I'd, I've kind of worked on getting over that because it's, it's just who you are. And I think that's a type A trait because yeah. my husband is very type A and one of his love languages is acts of service too, mm-hmm. where I can tell him how much I love him. But if I uh, fold the laundry or something or empty the dishwasher, he's like, oh, you do love me. And I'm like, yeah, I've been telling you that all day. <laughs> he's like, yeah, but you just emptied the dishwasher. That you just means showed a, me. Yeah, yeah, that means a lot to me. So like my husband is very type A and his, uh, so his are acts of service and physical touch Um, but then quality time does um is something that, and I think that's just because of our lifestyle and we spend time apart, so I think quality time is important to us. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably why that's a secondary one, but those acts of service is huge for him. What are yours? Hey, uh, let me see. I like words of affirmation, and then I like quality time. Okay, those are Brett's. Really? Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm not surprised. See, you're, you and Casey are alike, and Brett and I are more yeah. alike, I think. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So that's funny. But, but yeah, so quality time matters a lot to me that stuff's important and then words of affirmation because words of affirmation for me this is how I look at it if someone's opening up and telling me how they feel that like really because that's not easy for me to do mm-hmm. but if some so if someone else is doing that I'm just like wow no. you love me <laughs> that's enough a good way to look at you it. love me enough to like tell me how you're feeling yeah. and like because I don't just tell so anyone clearly I love you yes <laughs> see like so I mean that's why words of affirmation are so important to me but um receiving gifts and not so much. I mean, I'm probably a little bit. Like, I like it when, okay, like, my mom always used to do this, too. Like, she would be out at the store, and she would pick up just, like, a little trinket yeah. or something. Something just, it doesn't have to be a lot of money, but she would be like, oh, I saw this and thought of thought you. Thought of you. Like, that always, like, makes my heart warm. Yeah. So, yeah. that's probably my secondary one. Yeah, I think so, too. And the other day, we were doing a shoot at, the, at a car wash, and I brought... Brett and Brianna lattes and that was like um, it was kind of receiving gifts but it was when we were talking about the five love languages or whatever and she had told me that one of hers was acts of service and I know how much she loves this latte so I, I and I know she was kind of having a rough day but the day before so I just brought that was her so sweet so I just brought her the latte and I'm like acts of service so it was kind of a gift too but I was just like, like you're gonna make me cry that was so sweet <laughs> but I just know she was having a rough day and I know that that's kind of like it was just a surprise where I don't know. You know what I mean? So it was just one of those things, too. But that's another way where we're just friends, obviously. Yeah. But we do love each other. We do love each other. But we're just friends, everyone. (laughs) But how I... Even though we throw out throuple a lot, we're joking. Yes. Yes. But it's the same way how it can work for friendships, too. And really make your relationship with your your parents. So, like, if my parents... Like, if... I'm trying to think. I don't even know, like... Gosh, I should do this, like, with everybody I love. Yeah. Figure out what their love language is. That's such a good idea. I'm thinking, like, my mom's is probably quality time because she's so. always like I never see you yeah. so uh, I should be better about that huh yeah that's, <laughs> that's I think it's good though like you said to learn that from other people what theirs are yeah 
So yeah, five love languages. He also has a book. So oh, it's got five star. It's really popular. Yeah. I guarantee you've heard of it. I, everyone's heard of it. It's, and it sounds kind of hokey. Like, but it's not. Normally, I'm not into that like touchy feely kind of weird stuff. But it's really, really interesting. Yeah. And um, it has a religious basis a little bit, but yeah. it's not like overwhelming. Religious. So I think yeah. I think everybody can benefit from learning it. It really does um, improve your relationship. Yeah. So. No, totally agree and totally recommend. I'll leave a link to it in the show notes and it is a quick read it's not like it's pretty thin book so it's not something you need to like agonize over anything like that so that is our learning lately segment and we encourage you guys to get to know what your love languages are and then like express that to your friends and your partner or whatever it is and it's just so much easier to be on that level um when you know what the other one what means the most to the other one i feel like so All right, let's go to the Ask Carrie segment, and we're going to talk about money. So I feel like this is an important one, especially for people like us in our mid to late 20s. I don't want to say we're in our late oh, 20s. Oh, gosh. Don't say it. Oh. Stop. Make it stop, everyone. Oh. oh, I just sent you that newsletter, but I sent you the wrong one, so oh. just ignore that. All That's right. okay. Okay. So, but, so we get to this point where, uh, you know, when you're in college, your bills and stuff are very different. You have bills when you're in college, but they're just different. You're 26, you're off your parents' insurance, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Things just change and the way you handle your money should change as well. And so this question is just about handling your money. It said, I'm looking for a way to better manage my money. It seems really overwhelming and I don't even know where to start. Please help. Any suggestions you have would be helpful. So... I guess um, I had a friend too in Charlotte. I still have a friend. I don't, she didn't go anywhere, but (laughs) I have a friend in Charlotte and she was talking about how, um, I thought this was really interesting, how she found that when her income went up, that when she made more money, she was also finding ways to spend it. Mm -hmm. And she was like, so I had, like, she's like, I would go to, to lunches with people and for some reason like I was paying for everyone's lunch she's like I didn't she's like I didn't need to do that like I just don't know why it almost like she did not realize it until her husband was like what are you doing like you're making this much more money but you're still spending it all on like dumb like almost like dumb little shit yeah and she's like yeah he was totally right and it was really interesting to me um you know finding that spot when you're an adult so you know if you're making a salary now you're not used to that or whatever so you have more money sometimes it's tempting to be like yeah Oh, I've noticed that with Let myself me buy too. Buy this yeah. shit, yeah. I I think what's something else that's interesting about it is when you're in high school, they teach you algebra two and all these like advanced math, but they don't teach you how to do your taxes. They yeah. don't teach you about insurance. They don't teach you about at least four hundred one k's. Four hundred one k's and yeah, retirement and that's stuff that you want to start as young as possible. Yeah. So I guess like. I know we both use a financial advisor, and I think that's like the number one thing I can recommend to anyone looking to get their finances on track. I think so many people think, oh, I can just go online and do it myself, or I'll just make a budget and figure it out on my own. But having somebody that does this for a living, yeah, and find somebody you trust that you like, ask your friends, ask around, ask like older people that you know that yeah. are probably doing that, and that's what they're there for. I mean, they're there to basically hold your hand as you get your finances. In yeah. Order. And, and I'm glad you did. So true. And I know some people are like, oh, I feel stupid asking this question. Like with a financial advisor, you, you wouldn't have to feel stupid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they probably have heard like many, many questions and like nothing 
would be stupid to them. Yeah. So that's another thing where you just have this resource. Like I remember, maybe this is embarrassing, but I'm gonna share it anyway. I remember when we, when I got married and I had to refill out like W-2s and I had to fill it out differently because I wasn't single anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I remember calling my, our financial guy and I was like, look. What do I do? Yeah, and he was very just like, okay, this is what you're gonna do. And he just like walked me through it and it probably was something I could have figured out on my own, but like I was just feeling uncertain and I knew that my, my name was different. I knew that how I was filing my taxes was different. And I just didn't want to mess it up. Right. But I had that person where I could just be like as simple as like filling out my W-2. <laughs> I mean, maybe some people would call me an idiot for not being able to like do no, that. No, I but don't like, think so. Yeah, like that was something where I didn't know how to do it and someone could walk me through it. I think it's that fear of feeling like an idiot that yeah. holds a lot of people back, but that's what they're there for. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, like with me, um, like I'd, always, I'd grown up in a good family that taught me how to, you know, do budgets, balance a checkbook, save, like saving is huge, putting stuff away in an IRA, whatever. But like for a long time, I just like was taught save, 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 save. I didn't know much about investing. So you have all this money sitting in a savings account, put it to work for you. That's what a financial advisor can help with. That's so true. That's such a good point. The other thing I want to mention too is giving because I've talked in other episodes that I've recently started giving a little bit more and making that a part of like my money routine. So one of the people I really enjoy about money and mindset is Manifestation Babe. She has a really great podcast if you're curious about manifestation or money mindset or anything like that. And she really swears by, this probably isn't anything new, but the 10-10-10 rule. Oh, okay. Have you heard of this? I've heard of it. Yeah, so 10% of your paycheck. So whatever your paycheck is, 10% of it you um, put away, you like say, like it goes directly to Mm -hmm. savings. The other 10% you spend on something that you would enjoy whether it's getting your nails done or just buying like some super like bougie coffee or you know what I mean whatever it is something that'll make you feel loved and like your work was all you know worth it and then the other 10% you donate so I I don't know if I've strictly been sticking to 10 10 10 but I've picked out uh, a charity each month to donate to I've told you this it's always been animals I love that (laughs) last week we talked about Henry the kitty and Bree and I both donated to him and we got letters this week from the Sauk County Humane Society giving us, like, thanking us for our donation and then giving Such us an update. a nice letter. That was so sweet of them. It was beautiful. There's a video of Henry out there now. Yeah, like, he's doing better. Loved. Yeah. Oh. He's recovering and doing better. So side note there. Warms my heart. I know. But so giving has been a really, um, I used to kind of, um, I don't want to say hoard it, but like I had uh, like a really tight grip on money at times. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I would spend it willy nilly on clothes. And then other times I would just be like a latte. No, you yeah. know what I mean? But it's like, here, you just spent a hundred dollars on some jeans you didn't need yeah, or whatever. It's a balance. Yeah. So I'm kind of trying to change my money mindset around that. And I look forward each month to finding a new cause to donate mm-hmm. to. It's been fun. Like Henry was a total surprise. Yeah. I didn't know who I was going to donate to last month, but his story came up and it really just like struck a chord with me. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to, that's where I'm going to donate. I was like, that's where my money needs to go. Yeah. I just felt it. Well, and from a religious standpoint, I mean, we've tied both Christians. Like that's an important part of being a Christian, I feel like. And what I've noticed is like every time I've given and I've, there are some times where it's like, I'll give a little bit more than normal. And I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that, which is a horrible thing to feel, but I think very natural. And then something will happen where I'll get a bonus check. Yeah. Something or I'll, you know do some random job and get a tip or whatever like it always comes back tenfold so that's why you just have to give and trust and that and trust in god that it'll come back yeah 
And I think that's a big part of money mindset too, is just in developing that at a young age. I kind of always thought my parents are, are really like um, generous and they always know where they're giving each year and they make that a big part of what they do. Tithing is a big part yeah. of it. So they give to our church, but then they also give to other causes. And I kind of was like, I was like, oh, like when I'm, sorry, mom and dad, but when I'm old, like I'll get more, <laughs> sorry for calling you old, but when I'm old, I'll, you know, do what they do and they have it all planned out and stuff. But I don't think we need to wait. You know what I mean? No. Even if it's just $10. Start now. I mean, $10 to the pet shelter makes a, a difference. Yeah. You know, and like, investing $10 makes a difference. Exactly. Over time, you have to start now. And I think the easiest thing you can do is if your employer has like a match program, yeah, do that. Like, like do the maximum amount because then you'll find you don't even miss that money. Yeah. And before you know it, it's accumulating interest. And I mean, gosh, I love interest. Yeah. It's like brilliant. Who came up with that? Was it Thomas Jefferson or? I don't Franklin? know, but it was one of those guys. Great guy. Great guy. <laughs> really smart. <laughs> great job. <laughs> no hiding it in your mattress. Put yeah. it to work. That's so true. But these are things that, and like you said, investing. That's something that like you can start with something small. The mm-hmm. donating, the investing the putting money away for savings like you don't have to be uh, putting away a thousand dollars giving away a thousand dollars you can start with ten dollars fifty dollars a hundred dollars do what you're comfortable with or yeah. even go a little bit beyond what you're comfortable with yeah It'll work out but you're never too young to start thinking about those things and start like brianna said making your money go to work for you yeah. and i mean full disclosure we're not like financial experts no this is what our experience has been. Yes, definitely there's, true. There's my legal disclaimer. So what, do you have any advice for people who are like struggling with um, their money just going to maybe random places? Like my friend who said she was just like, you know, she didn't even know where it was going. But. Yeah, I, so I've done this since I was like young. Since I first got my first job, I keep a list of okay. everything that I spend. And I had a friend once that told me, they're like, well, you're just writing it down. You're, it's not you're not budgeting it then I'm like no just having a list and seeing where it's all going just it's it's really shocking I think sometimes you don't realize that you know four dollars for a coffee here and there it it adds up and there are so many I mean bringing it into the 21st century now there are so many apps out there yeah free apps seriously (laughs) that basically you can link to your even link to your bank account Mm -hmm. and it'll classify for you and you can look back at even like banks will do that now you can look back at the end of the month and see exactly where your money went and I think it's surprising at first because like I I didn't realize how much we spent dining out for the longest time and um because I kind of I went through a phase where it was when we were first um engaged and getting ready to get married and you know you're you're caught up in other things yeah and you're you don't want to worry I, I got away from it a little bit sorry mom and <laughs> um once I got back into it it was it was crazy because like obviously I was in a you know serious relationship ready to get married weddings can be expensive so just like managing all of that um once I looked back I was like oh wow my lifestyle's really changed I need to kind of reevaluate what I'm spending my money on yeah didn't realize how much we spent going out so yeah that's a big one too the other thing I feel like this reminds me of is like people who want to lose weight sometimes they'll journal the food they eat Mm -hmm. and I've never done that or anything like that but sometimes they're just like why am I not losing weight and they can't they're working out and they're they're not losing the weight or whatever and then they'll get the tip to write down everything they eat and so every time they put something in their their mouth they're supposed to write it down so then they get to the end of the day and they're like shit like (laughs) a bite here a bite there like adds up it's the same thing with your money like a coffee here Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a pack of gum here, uh, you know, going out to eat here, 
there. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like a lot in the moment, but it definitely does add up. Going grocery shopping with a list, I yeah. think it's important it's yeah. sticking to the list because it's so easy. But don't shop when you're hungry. Don't <laughs> shop when you're hungry. I mean, that seems obvious, but oh my gosh. So true. Don't do it. Yeah. Definitely agree with that one. Speaking of eating, yeah. so we're going to a really cool fundraiser next. Yeah. After this, literally right after, oh, we gotta hurry up because Duchess is gonna be yeah, gone. Yeah, I know, your soup's gonna be gone. All right, we're going to a really cool <laughs> fundraiser um, called Empty Bowls, and it's done nationwide. Yep. So we're just going to the local one in our neighborhood, and we're really excited about it. We should do a recap of it next yeah, week. Yeah, definitely. We can talk about how much money they raised, and what it was like. Great cause, so. Awesome, okay, that's it. We need some food, guys. <laughs> we gotta wrap it up. Thank you so much for being here. We love you guys for listening. Make sure you rate and subscribe in Apple iTunes and drop us a line on Instagram or Facebook or any of those places. We love hearing from you and we're just so thankful for you. So thank, thank you. you so much for being here. Thank you, Bree. Thank you. Okay. Right. We will see you next time. Bye.